Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world. But that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're going to discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to Life Right Up Your Alley. Hello, and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. You guys, we're going to have so much fun today in this episode. I have brought one of my favorite people and best friends, Kaylee Hobbs, to talk about all kinds of things, but more than anything, her new business and just the journey and all the things that we have learned. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. If you want to start a business, if you have a business, you know, or you're struggling with humble, like being humble, having expectations, finding your rhythm with systems, like you guys, there's so much gold in this woman. So Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Okay. You forgot that we are roommates. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. guys. So <laughs> this, yes, this needs like its own little part. So Kaylee and I both went to the University of Kentucky together. And then um, once we graduated, we both actually were fifth years, just bebopping around on campus. And actually, like we were not bebopping. We were like hustling our faces. Yeah, we were (laughs) accruing parking tickets left and right because of how... (laughs) how often we were around campus it's so true like we had no life we were actually laughing about that like I think I paid like I don't know additional tuition another semester of tuition yeah 100% from all of the parking tickets and boots did you get a boot at UK I did and I did get towed surprisingly only one time all right yep I I was I got two boots and I got towed twice and it was too many way too many times like I should have you know (laughs) so anyway from there she ended up moving to Durham North Carolina and just like dove with like everything in her into the amazing job she got at Cultivate Mm -hmm. What Matters and then I ended up going to San Francisco and started to learn how to messily build businesses and we reunited in 2021 when I freaking moved into her house and became her roommate with our other roommate named Emily. Um, and we just had the best year together, just learning. I feel like we like left it on the field in 2021. It has been just a wild last few years, hasn't it? Oh, insane. It's insane. And I feel like little us would be so proud of us now. It like makes me happy even just talking about that. Cause I think we are well on the way toward what we had dreamed. Right. Isn't that wild? I like, So I've never, I just never would have imagined that I'd be where I am right now, which is like such a gift from the Lord to think back to like when I was 10 and, you know, having like 
little like side of the road lemonade stands and like having so much fun (laughs) doing that with my siblings. And like, just looking back, I'm like, wow, like I've always been wired this way, but like, what a gift that God has like directed my steps, um, to be able to do what I do now. I feel that. And just what you just said is such a amazing picture of who you are. So Mm -hmm. I am so pumped for just all the gold nuggets that you're going to be bringing everybody buckle up for this episode and let's start talking about your amazing journey. So first thing is first, I want to talk about like leaving a job to start your business and, or even just like stepping out of a job, like releasing a career that is so fruitful to start in square one of a business. Yeah. How was that? How was that? Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So, okay. Starting back at like square one, I, um, first of all, went to college to be a nurse and realized <laughs> I was like, I love people, but maybe not enough to like care for them in that way. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so let me, let me find a job where I get to do what I love. And so I went into marketing and was interning for a fortune 500 company, um, and like loved it that was like where I thrived. I thrived on being around all these people like, and really just like fell in love with the business world. And I was at the time in college working part-time at a bridal store and that like, I fell in love with small business. I loved getting to work with friends. And that was just like, just kind of an unexpected surprise. And ended up feeling like God was calling me to not go into the corporate world. And so I just like felt this tug to, um, say no to that and ended up finding my way at my dream job, um, with Southern weddings and cultivate what matters. And they are, if you're unfamiliar two sister companies, Southern weddings had been around for 10 years and I, they produce a, a annual publication magazine. And I loved the heart behind it. It was all of their stories, all of the features that they um, published were more about the beauty of having a fruitful marriage than having a beautiful wedding. And so I just, I fell in love with the heart and the mission behind that brand. And at the time had also been using power sheets, which are cultivates goal planner. And so I knew I loved both products so much that I was willing to move to North Carolina and work out of our bosses. It was like an office upstairs. And so it, was, it felt kind of crazy at the time. I was like, I had gone from working this fortune 500, like office space with 10,000 people to being upstairs and being on a 10 person team. And so that was really, I mean, it was a dream job. I loved it so much. I loved the people I worked with. And that was where I fell in love with entrepreneurship because when you're on a team of 10 people and each person has their lane, you really have the opportunity to like decide how the business is going to move forward within that arena. And you were talking about like leaving a job that you love that I was planning on being there forever. (laughs) I really loved it and didn't at the time I never expected to start my own business, but really, really quickly realized that I had a knack for it and a gift for that space. And one of the things that I kind of came to personally was if God has gifted you with this thing, how do you steward it? 
um, for the glory of God. And I just felt like God was calling me to leave and steward my own thing and to create for something that was going to be a legacy for my family and um, allow me to live a life that allowed me to have children. Um, I'm single right now, but I knew like I wanted to prepare for that. And so that was kind of the thought process there was like, I knew that God has gifted me for something. I didn't know what that business was going to be. Ali, I feel like you can relate to this of like, you, there's so many ideas. I had so many hobbies. I had like done professional photography. Some I had done pottery. Some like there were just all these things that I was like, I know enough about business where like I could turn this hobby into a business if I wanted to. And that was kind of like paralyzing knowing that I could go all of these different directions. And I sat in that spot for a couple years where I knew I was like, I'm going to do this one day, but I just don't know what it is yet. And that was like really cool to see how God has moved over the last few years. Oh, I totally agree. And I, I think, you know, it's good for the audience to know, Kaylee is it Enneagram seven, you know, if you yeah. listened and if you, to a T. Around, yeah, what'd you say? <laughs> I said to a T, to a like T. textbook, 100%. And then I, I sit, you know, between a Enneagram eight and seven, but like really we both express so much within that, you know, same archetype. And so making that decision is so hard. And that was really difficult for me in the beginning too, 100%. And I think that's something that I would love to like really dive into with you, like having so many dreams and so many different business ideas. And then, you know, how do you actually decide between them and activate on one? Because I think, and this is just from my perspective, I would get drunk on the possibility And then move just into the next, like everything was a good idea, but then also like how viable was it? What were the potential profit margins? What were the resources at hand? You know, you learn as you go in business, there's so many elements that go into it. So like, what did, what made you and helped you like decide which one to go all in on first? Cause I mean, you're going to 100% be a serial entrepreneur Yeah. Lots of them. A lot of women want to do that. Right. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I, part of what, so I left a full-time job and part of even creating the possibility to start a business was creating time. And so what I did was I kind of moved into consulting and contract work for some other businesses that I knew I could serve them really well by offering my gifts and talents. And so part of that was I set my rates at a rate that would allow me to work a third of a full-time week and make up my full-time salary so that I would have... Part of being an entrepreneur is like giving space to those ideas, right? It's like, you'll be driving down the road and you'll have an idea, but like, if you don't have the time to actually implement it, then like, it can be really frustrating of like, oh man, and like, can almost induce shame where you're like, man, I like, that's another idea I didn't move forward on when the reality is, is like, maybe you just didn't have the time or resources or cash flow to be able to do that right now. Maybe it can go in kind of a holding bank for later. But that was like, practically speaking, like what I did first was like, okay, I'm going to take on three to four clients and I'm going to serve them really well. I'm going to block out my time so that I have the margin and space to be able to decide how I'm going to move forward on things. And so I am, and I know Ali, 
you're probably going to like add my bio, whatever at the beginning. But so I run a clothing boutique online and I do business consulting. And so when Ali speaks about, you know, the businesses that I run, that is the like one that I run outside of consulting. So it's called Poppy and Pink and I have a business partner. And so that was part of it too, was like, I have learned that I really need accountability and I have a silent business partner that serves a different skill set as me. And so I kind of like paired up with her because I knew that I needed someone else's talents that I didn't have. And so she's kind of the like very brass tacks, like, okay, we just got to go with it and move forward. That has been instrumental to me. And I think there is a lot of over glorification of like this, like solo entrepreneur life where like, you have to do it all yourself. And like, kind of like rooted in this like prideful mentality that like, I'm a self-made woman. Like I did all of this myself, like while working a full-time job and like walking five miles to work, like kind of like your parents are like back in my day, uh, I used to walk five miles to school. And so like, I, there's this humility too, of like, it's okay to not be able to do it all yourself. And so that has been like really helpful in And I know you were talking about like, how did I decide? Like, honestly, it was like partly her too, of like, we just decided together that, and we just committed. We're like, we're going to do this. And that was super helpful for my personality type. We're like, okay, I have someone else that's counting on me to get this done. And that like, quite honestly, was like one of the game changers and like actually being able to move forward on an idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I want to talk on business partners too, because that's something I have not done other than the first company that I worked on, which I had an amazing co-founder on. I love her so much still. Um, You know, I have opted into not having a partner. And so, you know, I have grown a lot slower and, and it's not, I don't, I haven't grown slow necessarily. Right. Like God's been so good, but I have invested in team. And I want, you know, you guys to know too, like, please learn from what Kaylee is saying. And you need to know that person and know their character and know how you work together. And, you know, your business partner is kind of like getting married. Like you are legally bound, right? It's funny Um, because I mean, we, so we live in separate states. um, And we had talked about starting a business before we had even... I mean, we'd spent a couple of days in person together, but there was a like flying out and meeting the husband verification <laughs> that happened before, because it really is like, if you are truly committed to growing a business, then like contractually, like you are bound together with this thing. And so what happens, like if it takes off, what happens if someone wants out and they don't want to be like, there are a lot of things to work through. Um, and so you want to make sure that you are not, like that you have vetted them of like, okay, I trust their character. I trust what their values are. I trust how they live their life. Like there's just a lot of things that you want to make sure are good in the similar way of dating and marriage, like (laughs) uh, before you go into business together. Yeah. And, but two are better than one. And I think I have learned. Which is the same thing with teams, right? It's like a similar concept. Yeah. And I've learned that with my team members and you know, I build my businesses with people in mind to come into leadership. 
And I like to find people who are really green and teach them. There are so many ways to build a business and yeah. it really is finding what works best for you. But, but I really, I love your partnership and I have seen the behind the scenes of your partnership and you and your co-founder and it is so beautiful and, mm-hmm. and just verifies that biblical truth of like two are better than one. And so that's yeah. available, you guys. And yeah. when you think about it, what you were saying, like, you know, being a self-made woman, like I really struggled with that too, because mm-hmm my first company, you know, we were pursuing funding. So like even from infant stages, we had other people speaking into what we were doing. Um, and so no matter what capacity, whether it's team members, investors, co-founders, you cannot do it alone. That's not the Mm -hmm. point. I promise we know so many incredible business women, nobody does it alone and who you allow into your garden really counts. Right. Mm -hmm. And it says a lot about you and where the business is going. Your business is your garden, right? Tend accordingly, figure out who you're allowing in accordingly. Um, And, you know, the stewardship that happens within that is so holy when it's a good match. Um, And if it's not a good match in the beginning, like that's one thing too, like you're not tied to one business one person, one partner, like you will grow as a businesswoman. And so I see a lot of people find their identity and like ideas or concepts or businesses or partners, like everyone is ever changing, growing, et cetera. So anyway, have open hands as you grow and scale and, you know, build and all of it. Um, so I, I love that. And I mean, why, what was it that made you guys decide on building Poppy and Pink first? Because I, I know all of your other ideas, concepts, et cetera, and have seen them and have seen the quality of them. But this was the one that, you know, went first. And I mean, I guess this is second because you have your consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what made this like, you know, the the one yeah. to move it on? Yeah, that's a great question. And Allie knows I am a numbers girl and I like really value just being a good steward of what you have. And, you know, I had a couple other ideas that are in the works that involved love product-based businesses. That is truly like, I love being able to create something from nothing and to be able to either consume it or hold it in your hands or pick it up in a store. That is just like my bread and butter. And I love e-commerce stores. Um, one day I will have a brick and mortar store. Um, and I can't wait for that day. I'm constantly Googling commercial retail space, but for now, like I love the accessibility of e-commerce and, um, the user experience of it. And so I knew that I was going to do an e-commerce business first, but one of the things my background is in production. I know how to produce overseas. I know that world. I know how to, uh, work with, you know, production facilities and create something and work with materials and do all of that jazz. And so I was in, um, conversation with a couple people producing, um, a couple of different things. And like, I have a candle business that will eventually start one day. I'm like, we've done wholesale orders and all of that jazz, but that's kind of been on hold because I, um, realized I was like, Oh, I could start something a lot faster, um, by doing wholesale. And so poppy and pink, we wholesale, we go to market and the minimums are so much smaller. So if you're not familiar with producing a product overseas, typically you're starting at units of like 500 or a thousand. Um, 
And so knowing what I know of like having enough on your online store where there's variety, there's something for everybody. That's a huge investment to be able to produce different colors of something, different versions of something enough where you can have your average order value be where you want it to, to be sustainable. And so there's just a lot of things that go into producing your own product. And we will do that for Poppy and Pink, but it's nice to be able to generate some cash flow um, by doing wholesale from the start. And so that was kind of something that we worked through was like, okay, we can buy a pack of this one dress and sell it for you know this margin and be able to generate enough cash flow to be able to produce our own things um, in the future. Yeah, so good. And I think that in itself, you guys, is something I I am a business coach, and obviously I own Malibu Media, and Kaylee does the same. It's that high level thinking of understanding the profit first that feels so uncomfortable at first. Yeah, right? and and honestly, can feel uncomfortable too when you're investing large amounts of money and you do know, like, there are new levels, new opportunities for growth. Um, but what she just illustrated for you is something that whether you submit to it now or adopt it later, you will end up in because all high level business thinking goes to that profit first model of understanding how to make your business work for you. So there is, you know, oxygen in the form of capital as you scale. Um, so anyway, I like love that explanation. Can you tell us about Poppy and Pink? You guys, it's the sweetest boutique. It is like, you have to go on. We're going to have, you know, the, the link below in the footnote. So just go read everything and click into it, but it's all Kaylee. Kaylee is the face and she is the cutest and she has the best style. It's kind of like functional anthropology on a, you know, humble human. So within that, like, I love that <laughs> such a good brand. Yeah. Can you tell them in marketing and yeah. anyway, within it? I think, um, it's so fun because from my perspective, it is a brand expression of someone I love. Oh. And you did a really good job of that. So like, I want to hear from your perspective, like what is Poppy and Pink? Yeah, that I, this is, and this is such a treat because this is the first time I've been able to share about it um, on a podcast. And so I, you know, I feel like as a believer, I kind of struggled with like, what is the value of clothes? Like, I feel like there's like this misconception that you can't love style and clothing. And I have always been into fashion and love shopping. And it's more of a like inspiration thing for me of like, I'm creatively inspired by beautiful things, whether that's a candle, a coffee mug or a dress. And I always found, you know, the dress well, test well motto to be true for me of like, whenever I put on something that I love, I show up in like the fullness of glory that God has created me for. And so when I'm wearing something beautiful that I feel comfortable in, that I'm confident in, I'm able to show up in my giftings in a way that I just wouldn't if I had thrown on sweatpants and like called it a day, right? And so I knew like, okay, that was my heart. I'm like, I can do that for other women by curating collections of things that I love that are fun, that are inspiring, that feel good to put on. Um, and so all of our collections are like timeless in a sense that like, there's nothing too trendy 
Um, and that's just something like, I know you're like, this is like a reflection of me as a person. That's just like how I dress. And, um, so that's what you'll find at Poppy and Pink, but it's funny, like going back to your earlier question of like, how did you decide to do this first? Like one of the hardest things and roadblocks that I think people encounter in starting a business is wanting perfection. Like they see this like brick and mortar store that they love. And they're like, I want to be that whenever I first start out. And if I'm not that, then it's not good. Yep. And that was like one of the hardest things, which is where like having a business partner has really helped me because she lives and breathes by minimum viable product. And mm-hmm. so if you've worked with me in a consulting relationship, like that is something that like I'm always advocating for is if you embrace minimum viable product, of like it's good enough, which as I'm saying that, I'm like, man, that really goes against my like excellence in business, like mentality. But like, you really have to adopt that because um, when we launched, we had just gone online. Honestly, like when we like committed to doing it, it was like a five week window of like, we're going to put together the e-commerce store. We're going to buy product and we're going to launch. And that was really hard for me because I want to go and pick out clothes in person. And Atlanta apparel market was not for like another three months. And I was like, gosh, this is going to be so hard because in my mind, if I'm not able to do these things and it's not going to be good and it's not going to be successful, mm-hmm. which was so like, that was an incredible learning opportunity for me because I was able to go online, pick a couple things out that were good enough for me. I'm like, that is like, it fell in the category of like, I like this. I mean, it's not like the thing that I always like pull from my closet, but it was good enough. And we launched and it was successful. And that was like a huge lesson for me of like, you don't have to wait until it's perfect. You can actually like that created enough capital for me to go to Atlanta apparel market and find things that I really love. And so, yeah, I like that. I just see that in women a lot of like, they wait for things to be perfect. Um, either they're like afraid of what people will think or, and that was really true of me, honestly. Like I had to sit in counseling and be like, why am I so afraid to post on Instagram that we launched this thing and really had to work through, like, there's all of these people. And I've like put in my mind that they think these things about me that aren't true. And like, that's anyway. So like, that was something that, um, I've just like really had to get over, Mm -hmm. um, in starting a business. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, one of the things that I have learned over and over and over in my coaching and in being able to look into so many different businesses at so many different levels is what you just said is just very true for so many women in business and, you know, perfectionism, one of the main just symptoms, if you will, of it is procrastination. Yeah. Like, and what you were saying though, is how you break that pattern. So you were saying, you know, I looked it up and I couldn't go to the market and see it and feel it and feel really yeah. confident in what I was offering. And a lot of people would look that up, see the dates of the show and be like, you know what, I'm going to just wait and, and then I'll just make an investment and go there and then I'll feel it. And then, you know, come back and start it. But I see a lot of people, even, you know, when you go there, and then you find the things 
and, and still procrastinate because you still want it to be perfect, right? That's prolonging that commitment to the perfectionism. So yep. you broke that pattern by just saying, you know what, this is going to be good enough. And what's really amazing about the women that I know and have encountered is that good enough is often incredible. Yeah. We're good our own worst critics, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah. Good enough is often like really great. Right. Like, and, and so allowing yourself to break that, that pattern of, you know, I'll wait until, so then this will be, you know, what I want it to be. Um, that's saying no to perfectionism and, and something yeah. that is just, it's just not from God. I don't believe it's that not from God from really. God. And like, if there's a, I think there's a pride rooted in that, that like, okay, I actually, there's just like a pride in perfectionism, right? Of like, if I do this thing, then I will guarantee that it's successful and it leaves no room for God to move. That's been the beautiful thing of like, when you do something like, and I, honestly, like I felt like sweaty and like, just like super afraid when I posted the thing, but like, that was enough space for God to move. And like, it, it adds to your faith, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I did this afraid and God still showed up. And so like, I can continue and it's a muscle really. It's like working out, right? Like the more you do it, the more comfortable you will become at it. And so if you find little ways to embrace that kind of mentality, to push back on perfectionism and continue moving forward, whether it's like 15 minutes a day, doing one thing on your to-do list that feels hard that you've been putting off, like you will build that muscle and it will become easier when, cause that's been something that I've like had to develop over time. Right. And I think it's just in the doing, you know, it's in, it's in the doing when it comes to business, when it comes to faith. Right. And there's a lot of being necessary in the doing. So I'm not here yeah. saying like hustle your face off or hustle for your worth or hustle until you think you're good enough. That's not it. Right. right? But I think, you know, your who you are becomes a lot more obvious and the truth can shine through to you when you are activating a lot as well. Cause I mean, I, for years sat in like the could be and the should, and I think should, should be a cuss word. What a ugly word that is like, it's, it's literally saying like, Hey, there's potential, but you didn't need it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like eliminating that from your life and understanding like God speaks in yes, the rest in the being and in the action of course, too. And I think that evidentiary support is really important for your own character development and the way you see yourself confidence comes in waves and and action, you know, allows space for it to be encountered over and over. So within that, um, I really want to talk about two last things. So finding your rhythm with systems and processes at any level of business, you guys, when I moved in with Kaylee, so Malibu media had already, you know, gotten to be successful when I lived in LA and had grown a lot and had hit, you know, a really great six figure, average year over year, but, um, with the pandemic so much, like the rug was just pulled out from under me. And so I felt like I was starting at square one again and then moving across the country. So I move into this house in the middle of North Carolina, a state I never thought I would live in and and with Kaylee and I'm watching her. And at that point she was still working her full-time job, you know, preparing to step into consulting, which you didn't even realize in the beginning of the year when we had moved in. And 
I was seeing her in the peace and being held within like the security of systems and processes and being able to understand like cause and effect. And it was so interesting to me to see how like numbers, not success, not accolades, not achievement, but just data and analytics and numbers allowed for confidence in business. That was really neat. And I had learned that at Draper. I had learned that in these different programs, but I had never fully stepped into it the way that you had Kaylee. And so now, you know, you were able to work it, um, and, and still with consulting, you're, you're in really high level businesses. And then you're also in more startup phase businesses that you own wow. too, but you have never neglected systems processes, understanding that minimum viable product to get data and then scaling from there. Um, how could someone who has no systems and hates them and hates processes and avoids them because they think there are a lot of people that do right. Yep. Um, how could they switch their mindset? when it comes to like creating those systems and processes um, from the, what you've learned, right? Yeah. Um, so for Poppy and Pink, my mindset, so right now, like, like Ali said, like I'm kind of a one woman, well, I have a business partner. So like we share some of the load in terms of like, she's handling some of the taxes. Like we just have different kind of divisions, kind of like a team would, um, but my mindset is that like, I'm not going to be doing social media forever. I'm not going to be adding products to Shopify forever. Right. And so as I'm doing it, I'm noting what steps need to be taken in order to achieve the same end product without me having to like be sitting there checking the work. Right. And like that mentality of like, okay, when we hit this point, this process gets pushed off or like handed off to an intern or somebody else so that they can learn how to do that, right? Like you're multiplying the reach of your business. And so that, you know, then I can spend time, okay, I'm going to work on a partnership. I'm going to do more podcast interviews. Like it's always a trade-off for your time, right? And so like in my mindset, I'm already thinking of like, how do I then hand this off to somebody else. Um, and so we work very process-based in our business where we have new arrivals coming every single week, right? And so we put together a collection, we buy the product and then it goes into Shopify. And so there's a very like clear step that's taken for each of those things. And so my mindset is always like, how can I set this up for somebody to be handed off? I'm not gonna wait until I'm ready to hire somebody to then be like, oh, I guess I should put together these processes, right? Because part of that benefits me. Where like, if you're exerting energy to think, okay, what do I need to do? Like, it's exerting more energy than you need to, right? And so I just have, I use Asana. I love Asana. I know people who love Trello and um, ClickUp and other systems, but get a system that works for you, put together your process, assign dates to it so that, you can make it as easy as possible for you to execute on your business. I just log into Asana. I'm like, okay, these are all the things I need to do to make sure that no ball gets dropped. And I don't have to exert any more energy than I need to because I've already thought through the process for it. And so that's something that like I really value in this stage of business because I'm already looking ahead and expecting 
that it will be successful and that it will scale and we're preparing for it now. Yeah. So good. And I think within that, like everyone has their own relationship when it comes to it and you have such a, you know, healthy relationship with systems and processes and understand, you know, the cause and the effect of having them. And you just mm-hmm. you know, explain it so well. Um, I think a lot of people, when you're in business without them, it can just feel like I'm going minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day. And I just want you guys to know, like, I've totally been there, especially in COVID. COVID like just reset so much for me and it humbled me (laughs) in a big way. Uh, But just know that like decision fatigue will be remedied. If you exert the effort, even if you're like, I don't even know where I could find the energy to make that happen. Like it's there, right? It will be provided. You can scrape it from the bottom of the barrel. I promise you, but by understanding what you're doing and then getting it down so you can track where you are in your process and then replicate and then doing that for your, your team members. Like it's a beautiful way to steward yourself, to lead yourself, to lead them. Right. Because your business is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And I really want to like end on that. You know, these businesses are bigger than us and some will open and close within our lifetimes. You know, some won't, whatever it is that like God has planned. Um, but like humble yourself to your expectations and like what you need to be within the business. Like you don't need to be this crazy girl boss in order to be extremely successful. You don't have to have like massive Asana skills or, you know, that fortune 500 company time under your belt in order to get where you want to go. But it's understanding where you are and where you want to go and then stewarding well, what you have today and, you know, being in the numbers and being in the details so yeah. you can, you know, make thoughtful decisions that really will create and, and, you know, grow the business in the direction that like God can use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And one of the things just like going back to processes, it's like, I see a lot of people like, okay, I'm just going to like sign up for Asana and it's a blank slate. And like, it's really hard. And so my challenge to you, yes, Allie's raising her hand. That happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. My challenge to you is like really thoughtfully commit to it and spend an hour and a half just like in there thinking through like, how do I create clarity for my team members? Like that's one of the most loving things that you can do for your team is to create clarity. And so what I often find is people will say, you know, oh, that's an email, right? Like you emailed me about that or, oh, you slacked me about that. And if people don't know where to find things and find the information that they need, it can be really like a time suck because then you've just wasted 10 minutes telling people, oh, it's in that Google doc. And so I like, if you're going to use a project management system, use it. I don't email anybody. And that is the hardest thing sometimes for people to get over. Like I don't operate an email. And Slack is only for like one-off, very quick questions. And I'll challenge people like that needs to go into Asana. It's all there. There's the clarity of like, you don't have to ask people, did you complete that? Because you see that somebody completed it. And so you're really like by investing an hour and a half to like really thoughtfully committing to that and just like kind of mapping it out as a business owner, you're probably going to save yourself an extra like four or five hours. I feel like collectively for your team in a week. Um, just from the get-go, but it really takes a buy-in from everybody 
but most especially like you as a business owner to commit to doing that. And so I don't know if that's helpful for anybody, but like, I'm just going to give you the freedom and like possibility of like, you don't have to operate an email anymore or Slack. And like, you can create one specific place um, where there's clarity for your team. Yeah. Well, and when you, when you're thoughtful about where you put your information, the answers are a lot easier to find. And then the answers can like, for lack of a better word, like manifest or like, um, just take form faster. Yeah. And like, just like, that's a promise. Your capacity increases as a team and Mm -hmm. as a business for what you're able to do when there are systems in place for people. And there's like clarity around that. Yep. Amen. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on guys. You can go follow her, check out the boutique and just, you know, stock accordingly after this and just go support her, go see what she's doing and let her be proof that you can do all of this too. So Kaylee, we love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. 